everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio today by Mike Volby. Hello. Paulo. We've so much sugar. And Matt West. Oreos. We have had a lot of sugar. I dropped the ball on that intro. I didn't know we were doing that. Oh, we having a deep voice off? Because I've done that. I can get right back into it. Uh, we're not going to waste too much time because we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. So let's get right into our geek out. Yay! Mike Volbe. All right. Well, I was surprised with a fantastic Christmas gift ahead of time. You're welcome. Oh, wait. No, no that's no. not. not what I <laughs> no, no, you no, got no, me mind. a great gift. Too. Yeah, but. <laughs> uh, Ashley had been hinting that she wanted to buy me something for weeks and weeks and weeks. And she's like, you're going to kill me when I get it. And I'm like, whatever. I don't I don't know what it's going to be. Whatever. So she left to go to Michigan for Christmas. And she came into the gym a couple of nights before she left with a bag. And she's like, this is something for you to do while I'm gone. So you're not. Porno. Yeah. <laughs> Blow up so, doll. So you're not bored. And I open up the bag and it is an Xbox One. Yeah. Yes. And best part is it's a white one Ooh. which is even better because i can't stand that the xboxes are always like black mm. like oh, everything really? i have is always black and now there's this one thing that's now white and it's just badass looking that's why i like that everything's black oh i don't it shows everything dust. must be black it shows dust and everything <laughs> black like my soul <laughs> but i was she, just thinking batman but whatever. Like batman. <laughs> i'm excited though because i had no intention of buying myself one until mm-hmm. my xbox 360 shit the bed mm-hmm. which would mean it never would uh but not only did she get me that but it came with gears of war she bought me halo 5 fallout 4 and the back to the future game Whoa. So I have tons of time. I'm actually terrified to open any one of the games because of how time consuming they're going to be. She was like, you're going to play Fallout 4? And I was like, I don't think you realize what this is. It's and not like, play. It's like, <laughs> it's yes. experience. I said to her, if I open that game, the relationship ends. Because you will never see me again. The gym is going to close. It's done. It's over. So I'm assuming so. the German German Shepherd in the trailer for it on TV, that's dog meat? It is. So a, that's got to be dog meat. Totally, I've never played yeah. any of the Fallout games, but oh, I'd be, you haven't? I'd be in right there. Yeah. Throw a good dog sidekick in. I'm there. I have played Back to the Future the game, and it's a good time. Is it? Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's she episodic has- too. So uh, if if you have like two hours, yeah, like each one takes anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. It's like it's the five episodes. Walking Dead game, right? Yeah, it's the Telltale yeah. same company. Yep. She must oh. really want you to stay home. <laughs> Real I bad. So. I think she's had it with me. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's she, still keep them tied up. So for she a while. probably spent what five hundred bucks to keep me quiet and out of her life. Yeah, it's right. well worth it. Uh, I'll probably open up uh, Halo Five first. Yeah, and play through that. But I have no desire to even play the multiplayer. Like I'm more intrigued with the storyline than anything else. I've heard that's the weakest part of Halo really? Five, though. That's the, the weakest part of all of them, I think. But the multiplayer is kind of fun. I mean, they have different modes now, so it's mm. not just like Team Deathmatch or like Free for All. There's like a base assault mode there's one that's like a hybrid of like a player versus environment and a player Mm. versus player thing where like you and your team work to achieve certain goals on the map and like you have to kill bosses and stuff but you also are being attacked by other people it's kind of fun like i mean i I played it for a good like couple weeks yep but then i just stopped because i had other games to play right (laughs) you play destiny right yeah destiny and uh fallout and star wars and so many (laughs) all the games (laughs) And then I'll just touch upon, I know I know a lot of movie trailers have come out, but I'm pretty excited about all of them from X-Men to uh, the new Batman Superman trailer. Mm-hmm. I thought they were both really well done. I'm excited about those. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've Follow. watched them each like a million times. <laughs> 
Um, my geek outs this week are not very geek related because this fucking Star Wars hype. <laughs> I mean, we did so we did a whole episode about it. So if you've already seen the movie and you don't care about spoilers, go listen to that. But I'm not really going to talk about that. But just be forewarned, these these geek outs are not really that geek related. Um, the first one is like <laughs> douchebag of the year gets like douchebagged. Back. Back. Like <laughs> yeah. the hardest. Douchebag comeuppance. So like Martin Shkreli is the hedge fund manager slash pharmaceutical CEO that's been in the news for like the last few weeks. Cause he won, he bought an AIDS drug. He, he bought a company that has the patent to an AIDS drug and he raised the price from like $17 a pill to $750 a pill. And he tried to justify it as a business decision. And it turns out that he was actually doing a whole bunch of bad shit on the side. And Shocking. Was- <laughs> he seemed like such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out like he was actually being investigated by the FBI and was arrested a couple of days ago Yay. on securities fraud. And He's a young guy, right? Yeah, he's a young guy. He's like our age or maybe a little bit younger. And... He got his sort of comeuppance when his lawyer raised his fees by 5,000%. <laughs> so his, I think his fees went from something like 500 an hour to whatever, to $10,000 an hour. Like it went up dramatically. And like, and there's an article in the New Yorker about it. And, um, one of the side stories of the whole Martin Shkreli case was that he bought the only Wu Tang that Wu Tang made a new album. They only made one copy and it was being sold for $2 million. Obviously, it's something that like a Jordanian prince or like a sheik would buy, you know, with their pocket money. But he bought it last week, I think. And then he was arrested on securities fraud and got nice. this. this whole, and it was, his lawyer was just like, well, I mean, if he can afford a $2 million Wu-Tang album, he can afford $10,000. That's yep. friggin' great. And it's like the wet dream of every attorney <laughs> <laughs> to find out your client has means and then just charge them up the ass for it. It's just like. And feel completely justified in doing so. Nobody. Like, I mean, I'm sure he'll be questioned by. I mean, there are certain ethics rules that are related right. to it. But in the court of public opinion, nobody cares. No. Not a single person. Because this guy's a douchebag. He took a drug that's available for, I mean, it's literally the lifeline for people to survive. Yeah, yeah. And he raised the price by, like, an obscene amount. So he got his come up and fuck that guy. Hope he <laughs> falls in a hole or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, my second geek out is um, the fact that Hideo Kojima has finally left uh, Konami is out of his contract and started his own company mm-hmm. called Konami Productions. Uh, it's a relatively small Kojima company. Production. Kojima Productions. Kojima Productions, sorry. If he started, he would get <laughs> some lawsuits of his own <laughs> yeah. if it was called Ooh. Konami Productions. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good, it's a step in the right direction because uh, Konami had said previously that they were going in the way, or the direction of, like, mobile gaming, mm-hmm. which is kind of, like, shitty. Like, you know, like, for a studio like Konami to from go from, like, Metal Gear Solid to a mobile game, like... I mean, to Metal Gear, not quite so solid. Yeah, it's it wasn't Metal a good soft. Yeah, and Boy, so man. he uh, <laughs> there you go. He wasn't able to comment too much about his time at Konami or why they had their falling out, but he's just glad now that he has the freedom to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And he and he said in this article that his goal or his mission in life is to make these big games. So he's not stepping away from the big production games like Metal Gear. Good. So he's going to keep making these like AAA titles that are amazing in their storyline. And he's also getting a lot of support from like Hollywood, like um Guillermo del Toro, who yep. he was supposed to do a game with previously, like a horror-based action game. PT. PT, yeah. He was supposed to do that with them, but then because the whole thing with Konami and the falling out, the, the game was uh, scuttled. So hopefully you'll get um, some titles like PT and 
more to come. I mean, it's a really small studio right now. It's him and like four other dudes. But they do have a deal in place with Sony. So I was going to say, yeah, reports right now are saying that his first game is going to be Sony exclusive. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, there's promise there. I mean, he's got the backing, definitely. He just needs to find the right people, I guess, to um, bring in for support staff. He will. He's a big enough name. Yeah. I mean, people should be lining up. Um, third geek out is about uh, the partnership between A&E and Vice Media. So if you're not familiar with Vice Media, they uh, have a show on HBO. They also have a couple of YouTube channels where they cover sort of the other side or the non-mainstream uh, media stories that involve like human interest, crime, punishment. Like, I mean, if you if you watch Vice or if you Google Vice and you just watch a couple of YouTube videos, you'll get the kind of sense of what kind of stories they cover. They've partnered with A&E to start their own network. So they will be taking over, I think, A&E 2, hmm. which is, I don't know where that channel is. No, I, I've I, never even known there was one. I, I have like, I have all the channels. <laughs> I, I scrolled through <laughs> them last night and I was like, where's A&E 2? I don't see it. Um, so they'll be taking over A&E 2 and they'll be having their own 24-hour network where they'll be airing their own content. And it's super promising because Vice is very, very refreshing. I mean, it's not like CNN or Fox News or any of these other news outlets where the pieces are just uh, driven by the information. It's more that they're trying to tell a story behind the news story. So like you, there's not just the story itself, but there's also the human element and some of the uh, contrasting. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, I mean, it's the, it's a definitely like a different take on the news. Okay. And I'm excited to see it. Cool. Um, and the last one, uh, my last geek out is the channel 33 podcast. Now I know, I don't usually push other podcasts on this podcast because you really should be only listening to the Geek Generation. It's okay. I've mentioned other podcasts (laughs) as well. Uh, But Channel 33 is uh, part of the Bill Simmons Podcast Network. Uh, It's from Chris Ryan, Andy Greenwald, and Juliet Littman. They're all former writers at Grantland. And uh, the Channel 33 podcast is, I mean, they talk a lot about the same things that we talk about, Mm -hmm. like TV shows, movies. Uh, They they tend to inject sports into uh, their content as well, so... I mean, obviously, they come from the Grantland background. So it, they, they talk a lot about TV, which is uh, kind of like what we do in the news. But maybe they do a little bit more of an analysis in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they cover some shows that maybe I don't necessarily watch, like The Leftovers on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely worth a listen. I was actually listening to their Star Wars episode before I came here. It, oh, was, yeah. their, it was their pre-movie uh, sort of review of everything that's gone on okay. in the news and stuff. And so it was very, it was, it was informative and helpful to listen to before I came in and recorded uh, today. So uh, check it out. You can see it on all the typical uh, outlets like uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. Um, and that's it. Cool. Mawas. I know you guys have talked about it on previous episodes, but I just wanted to weigh in. Jessica Jones. Amazing. Mm. David Tennant. Um, I don't want to go into spoilers about it, but I certainly hope that they can, um, find a reasonable way of keeping him around in the, uh, the Marvel, uh, television universe because he was such a highlight of it. He was tremendous. Um, the I, whole show was great. I really loved it. it I was, do actually have full notes to do a Jessica Jones focused episode oh, at nice. some point. So yeah, we'll definitely nice. do oh, that. that. So good. Kind of like Mike said, the uh, movie trailers that have been on lately, watching them multiple times and then getting to see them on the big screen the other night, a couple that stood out really big were uh, the Captain America Civil War trailer. Um, there's a scene there where uh, Bucky, the Winter Soldier, and Captain America are fighting with Iron Man, and they're passing the shield back and forth in the fight. It's and great. It just, it's awesome. Um, and I then- love the uh, the line of 
he's my friend and I used to be I too. Used to yeah. be. Awesome. Yeah. I can't that movie is gonna be so good. Yeah. And then um Deadpool, I was I was not I think uh some of the hype when people wanted there to be a Deadpool movie, I sort of I think got a little sour towards it just mm-hmm. because not that I didn't want to see a Deadpool movie, but everybody was just so it was kind of like the popular thing to do. Oh, Deadpool. Sure. But then to see the the Deadpool trailer was really pretty awesome. I, I think that it's going to be a good movie. And I think having a hard R superhero movie where he breaks the fourth wall, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, got a new base in the last couple of weeks. Um, I wasn't planning on buying anything for myself being the Christmas season, but got way too good of a deal on a, uh, an old base. It's a, it's kind of a, kind of vintage. It's from the uh, early nineties and I'm super psyched about it because it's basically the five string version of the base that I play, the four string base that I play mostly. And, I love that bass, and so getting one, I got to play it the other night, and loud and awesome. So uh, it was a Diarmond five-string Pilot V, which probably to most people is like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, <laughs> How many that, basses have you right, had? I've had a bunch. I've gotten rid of Right now I have, this will make four. So I have a, a four-string, a four-string fretless, a four-string acoustic, and now my five-string. So this would be your home bass is what you're saying? Home bass. There you go. Hey! Well, I was trying to work into a well baseball played. joke. So. Well played. <laughs> it's rare that I'm going to make sports-related jokes <laughs> um, on the show, but there you go. And that's where I, that's where I am with, with, when people are doing gaming geek outs because I'm sort of not tied into the gaming world. Uh, but the music world on my is like a geek out thing for me. Um, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. They have a song called SOB. I tripped over it coming home late one night listening to flipping channels and I went on to uh 95.5 WBRU which tends to play college rock um and it's commercialized college rock so it sometimes is good stuff and sometimes it's just that total crap that people call awesome that's like hipster music but this band is just this one track especially is like it's across from music from uh Oh Brother Wherefore Art Thou and the Blues Brothers hmm. and the dude's got just this great awesome gritty voice and like the video even feels like it's like the ending credits of the Blues Brothers movie so that's been like a geek out like I have to literally listen to it at least once a day because mm-hmm. it's such a cool song wow and uh the last one is uh Lucha Underground I've had them as my geek out multiple times on the show um they have started taping season two and it will return in January on um, El Rey. So uh, what I'm hearing already, uh, they've signed Rey Mysterio. I saw Jr. that, yeah. Um, so he will be a part of it. Obviously, uh, uh, up until this this season, Alberto Del Rio, Alberto Al Patron was a major part. He's since returned to the WWE. Yes. But uh, Rey Mysterio will be a major part of the upcoming season. Which, he would have to be. Which is going to be awesome. Yeah. And, and I've, I've kind of looked at just what they've sort of done in their first round of tapings, and it looks great. So... Uh, really psyched about that and to see Ray in that role as opposed to kind of what he was in his last few runs with WWE kind of put into. It'll be really fun. Cool. Uh, in, in this whole Lucha Libre world where How's he is, Ray doing these days? I don't know. I mean, he's been other than a couple of, um, you know, Lucha Libre AAA spots. He hasn't been doing a ton of wrestling. Yeah. So I would assume that he's in, uh, in better shape. I'm sure he's had time to rest and kind of rehab. You know, time off is going to help him. Yeah, I mean, he was very injury prone for yeah, a while, yeah. and uh, I and, imagine he slowed down a little bit with his I, age. I don't want to make any assessments of why he was the size he was, but if you look at how he was built when he was in the early days of the cruiserweights of uh, WCW, mm-hmm. he was a small guy. By yeah. the time he was the world champion, he was really bulked up. And he was. When you have too much muscle mass on on your you know your ligaments and something, they just don't. And that's where I think a lot of those knee injuries and stuff happen. You're trying to you're asking too much of your body frame. That makes sense. Yeah. 
And especially with what he does, the high flying stuff. Oh yeah, he did, absolutely. And, you know, it was definitely high risk. So yeah, that's, it's, I'm really looking forward to, I was hoping they would get another season because it was really something refreshing. They're coming back and they're going to have Rey Mysterio. So that's pretty awesome. That's pretty huge. Yeah. yeah. Cool. My first geek out is something that I actually played on the uh, stream. Uh, it was provided to me by Telltale in order to write a review, which I'm in the process of doing now, which is probably actually posted because uh, it would have gone up before uh, the show airs. But uh, that is the Game of Thrones Telltale game series. I know uh, some of you in the room are also Game of Thrones fans uh, prior to myself becoming one. Mm -hmm. uh, this was an interesting game. It takes place from the perspective of the Forrester House, who are bannermen for the Starks. Okay. And you don't play one character. You play through a series of various people within the Forrester house, including uh, one person, Garrett Tuttle, who uh, starts off as a squire mm. to uh, the head of the Forrester house and things happen. But um, one of the things that I can say really good about this game uh, is the production value is absolutely amazing. I know, Volpe, you've played the Walking Dead yeah. game from Telltale, and they put a lot of detail they and do. consideration to the things that they do. Uh, the visuals look great. There's a lot of characters from the show on it. So, uh, you get Marjorie uh, is in there, Lady mm -hmm. Marjorie. You get Cersei. You get Tyrion. Uh, and these people are all voiced by the actual voice actors. Nice. So these, it's not like they're finding someone that has a similar sounding voice. Mm -hmm. These people came in to do their voice. Daenerys, of course, is in there. Uh, it takes place. Just after, or not just after, but actually during the Red Wedding is where the first scene takes place. But it's not inside the keep. It's just outside the building. So you're within the grounds seeing the fallout of what oh. just happened in the Red Wedding kind of spill outside. And now it's just anarchy. And you're you're right in that chaos to begin with. That's cool. Which That's is really cool. Wow. Uh, so it goes through, and there are some things throughout the series where if you haven't watched it, there are going to be spoilers because, I mean, they talk about the Red Wedding. Uh, they talk about other things I don't necessarily want to say, even though people probably know at this point. Uh, there are other things that if you haven't watched the up to the current point of Game of Thrones will probably be ruined for you. It just wrapped up fairly recently. The last episode of the series came out. So these things do extend for quite a while. Um, the other thing that's really nice too is, like I said, the, the voice actors, the production. And like Game of Thrones, nobody is safe. Mm. Even the characters you're controlling. So while you have a series of characters that you're playing as, I will tell you that not every single one of them is going to make it to the end. So what happens when your character dies? You just trans, you just go over to somebody else. There are several kind of parallel stories going on. And like Game of Thrones, it jumps around. Okay. So you'll be playing part of one person's story and then it'll cut to someone else and you play part of their story and it cuts to someone else and it keeps going like that. And then when someone's gone, you just don't see the story from their perspective anymore. Okay. So you would, they would either be replaced by another person in the house or you're just using less characters now or, but it's really cool. The fact that they kind of established that early on that nobody is safe gives you that same kind of feeling as watching the show mm -hmm. does where you do feel like any character could go at any time. So that's a really, really cool aspect. Highly recommend this game Stress to people that are fans <laughs> of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And your, your actions do matter as far as like certain people living and dying to a point. There are scripted things that, as Doctor Who would say, are fixed points in time. Okay. These things are going to happen regardless of what you do, but sometimes the events surrounding them that might affect uh, other episodes moving forward 
do still matter. The only criticism I would give the game, and it's one based on something that uh, is information I don't have yet, if this is the only season of it, which I highly doubt, it's not complete. It's not mm-hmm. a 100% arcing story. There are too many things left undone, so they need a second season to keep the story going. Because right now, the, the resolution I have is not enough. I see. That would be my one criticism. Aside from that, it's a really, really solid They game. did the same thing with the Walking Dead one. The oh, okay. first season, it ended, and it's like, I guess it could end, but it, it really should continue. They've left something undone, yeah. or a few things, so it's the same. They'll do another season. Yeah, I would imagine so, but very, very excited for that, mm-hmm. too. Um, and Next Geek Out was also related to Telltale, and knowing the quality of games that they made, I mean, I just praised the hell out of Game of Thrones. Volpe, mm-hmm. I know how much you love the Walking Dead game. Yep. Uh, they announced recently that to release in 2016, there's going to be a Batman Telltale game. That should be interesting. Yeah. To watch a superhero transition over to a point and click. Yeah. And my thing that's most exciting for me is because the Telltale games are kind of story based yep. and they're not action driven. Like, sure, there's obviously action stuff in the games that we've seen. They're mostly like quick time events and things. Yep. But it really allows you to delve into the story and kind of the, the minutiae of these characters. So while the Arkham series did have kind of a good representation of Batman being the world's greatest detective, this will really, I think go into like mystery solving. It'll be a Mm. different side of the character. Whereas most other games are going to be more action based. So I'm very excited for that because good storytelling makes it for me. Which Batman do you think it's going to be? That's a good question. I mean, there's so, I mean, yeah, there's going to be a movie Batman, like a resurgence of Mm -hmm. that. But I mean, we've just gotten dark Knight three getting written so you have right you know you have that version of it again so there's... i don't think it'll be that i right. god if i had to guess especially since it's coming out now i unfortunately think the design of the character will be like new 52 batman okay which i'm not a fan of because i want the trunks back yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> badly because it just looks so weird it looks weird yeah but and i think it probably will be actually kind of based on new 52 but whenever video games are created with these characters that have such a big lineage they almost always pull from different things and kind of make their own version of the character and with something like batman you can do that because there's been so many different versions so it's completely okay to say i like this aspect of the character and i like this aspect of the character and let's put that all together now on a wish list if there was this was like the batman animated series version of batman oh my god right that would be amazing I and, think, and especially to have like Conroy voice. I was going to say, no truth to the rumor that you've been trying to uh, get your name into <laughs> to voice. And, yeah. uh, and as far as I know, there are no things happening there. But if Telltale wants me for any particular <laughs> reason, I am glad to step into that role. Or even I will be a thug on the street. I don't even care. I would love to just be a part of a Batman game in any way, shape or form. My next geek out is a show returning from the ashes. It's been a long time. Uh, but Adult Swim has announced that Samurai Jack is returning to Cartoon Network. As creator and executive producer Gendy Tartofsky continues the epic story of Jack with a new season that will premiere on Adult Swim's Toonami block in 2016. Hype! So much hype. Samurai Jack. I hype? love Samurai Jack. Yeah. And I think it's funny considering I just, it's not out yet, but I just recorded an episode of uh, Random Movie Club where we discussed Conan the Barbarian, the original one, Mm. and uh, Maku. I think that's uh, Mako. Aku. I think it's just Aku. Aku is the villain from Samurai Jack, but the guy's name Mako or something like that. 
is the narrator of Conan the Barbarian. And I found this news out like the next day after we recorded uh. that, which was very funny. Uh, but I love Samurai Jack. I love Gendy Tartofsky's stuff. And I'm very excited for the show to come back. I was excited because in that silhouette in the in the announcement trailer thing, mm-hmm. like it looks like he has armor now. Yeah. Right? That was kind of cool. does. Like a new look is yep. always welcome, I think. And I don't exactly remember how the series ended. I think it was in like 2003 yeah, that it, it was... ended. And it was kind of ambiguous because they weren't expecting mm-hmm. it to end. Yeah. So this allows us to continue forward and kind of wrap up the story maybe yeah samurai jack was awesome yeah really great show it's kind of chill too like it's a very zen show yeah it's not crazy or anything you can just like even the action is not like super crazy because it's like that weird like art scene sort of like like he cuts something and then instead of like a splatter of blood it's like these geometric lines of red yeah you know it's like uh, I, I definitely it was it was definitely like it inspired my creative side because then you see it and you're very like, yeah, creative show man. artistically beautiful yeah and just a really cool world that mm-hmm. they built yeah I'm down yeah um and XQL relates to the holidays even though at this point we're kind of past them but Cards Against Humanity is just mm-hmm. <laughs> wonderful when it comes to Black Friday if you remember from last year they did the uh buying bullshit (laughs) thing where people literally spend money on boxes of bullshit all expecting to get something different they're like no take our word for it you're just gonna get bullshit and they got bullshit in a box this year they sold nothing yeah for five dollars basically <laughs> like they just said like send us five dollars yeah yeah we're not gonna send you anything back but yeah just send us five dollars so <laughs> they sold nothing for five dollars and more than eleven thousand people paid for it so just donated five dollars to the company pretty much the company so. tweeted out this on black friday a lot of companies promise you something for nothing we're the only company to offer you nothing for something <laughs> <laughs> that's great the ordering form it. on their site read, give Cards Against Humanity $5 and even included a box that people had to check that read, I understand I am paying Cards Against Humanity $5 and receiving nothing in return. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's awesome. The next day, the company announced it made a total of $71,145 of pure profit from the deal. No labor costs, no manufacturing costs, no delivery costs. Oh, the employees got a raise. No overhead whatsoever. They later shared some of the things their employees bought with the money, including a PS4, scotch, a gold-plated vibrator, (laughs) and 760 pounds of kitty litter. That's incredible. But they also donated about a third of the money to charity, so... Good on them. Feel good story at the end. Did you exactly? Did you see the other thing about Cards Against Humanity? I did not. So okay, so I'll, I'll okay. I'll, let, me, let me jump in on your geek out. <laughs> Let's do it. So Cards Against Humanity, they had a uh, a secret in their uh, in their box okay. forever, and nobody could figure it out. And then finally, it was right around. What do you mean by a secret in their box? There was a secret in there. In okay, it was because girls have said that phrase to me before, and I've never been able to figure (laughs) out what it means. But no, but no, no, seriously, I don't know what you're talking (laughs) about. It's a myth. (laughs) But um, so so in in one of their boxes, they had like a secret, and nobody could figure it out. And then I think right around Thanksgiving, either Cards Against Humanity announced it, or somebody found it and put it on Reddit. Okay, that there was a hidden card in the in the lid of the box. Really? So yeah. if you open the bigger blacker box, 
and then you flip the lid on, to, on the inside uh-huh. and you like cut away the paper lining, there's a secret card inside the inside No way. The yeah, there's a hidden card. And is this hi- only in the bigger black box? I think it's in I think it's in the bigger blacker box, like the expansion Okay, pack. okay. It's not, I, I checked mine. I have the original and it's not in mine. All right, that's what um, I was going to do right after this. <laughs> and and, and, the, and the, it's, it's just a card. It's like a, it's a card. It's just a big black dick. Like that's the That's the, the card. card. That's what it says. Yeah, just a That's big great. black dick, and like it, hidden in their box because everyone knew that was the joke by the name Robert. of the bigger blacker box. Yeah, yeah, and it's been there for I think since they started selling it, and someone just found it now. Yeah, that's awesome. And it was incredible. Like whoever's in charge of their marketing department is a genius. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent agree. Like a crazy genius, just like sitting in his office in like shorts and a t-shirt, just yeah. thinking up hey, crazy plans. Like, hey, let's put a secret card in the box. Hey. Let's just ask people to give us money, like just genius level. And because they've established that kind of humor Mm -hmm. for the tone of what they do. I mean, we've brought them up on the show many times with some of the PR stuff that they've done. And And they can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, this is what we do. There's there's no like. (laughs) We are the Internet's asshole. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) Like, And people cheer us for it. Yeah. We spew shit and nobody bats a lot. It really is so great because it fits the tone of the product so well. But I'm doing this year too, the, the holiday thing. Mm-hmm. So people again are hearing this after the holidays, but I'm getting them right now. Uh, every year for the last few years, they've been doing like, I think 12 to $15 you pay. And over the course of so many days, they send you different gifts. So, uh, this year was the first year that I did it, but I think they said it was also the last year that they're doing it, which is kind of a bummer. But, uh, I was a little bummed when I found out the theme for this year was Hanukkah and Jewish mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm not Jewish. I'll celebrate Hanukkah. So, but whatever. Some of the stuff will be good. Mm-hmm. So the first three things they sent me were socks. <laughs> and, uh, on each pair of socks, there's a menorah at the top of it. Uh-huh. And on the first pair I got, there was one candle lit. On uh-huh. the second one, there were two candles lit. <laughs> on the third, there were three. And I was like, Oh my God, is this what they're going to do? They're actually just going to send me pairs of socks uh-huh. until the menorah is lit. And I think that's what they wanted us to think. Uh-huh. So the first three gifts they gave us were just like, ha ha ha. We're leading you in the wrong direction. But I have since gotten like a, a little notebook. Um, I've gotten two different sets of Jewish themed cards. So I am actually getting cards, which is what everybody really mm-hmm. wants, ideally. Uh, the most recent one I got was very interesting where they said it's a social experiment and it's a picture of a, an original Picasso that they said they've purchased. And we can go online and vote for one of two things. We can vote to have this Picasso donated to an art museum. Or because of the 150,000 people that are doing this promotion that they use the money to buy it for, we can vote to have them chop it up into 150,000 different little pieces and each get our piece of a Picasso. That is insane. Isn't it? And I bet you if we voted that way, they would actually do do it. it. Oh, my God. But as as a former art teacher, (laughs) I couldn't do it. it. Uh, No, I want it preserved. Yeah. But they said it's a social experiment. That's, I haven't gone on to vote yet, but I'm curious. That is insane. <laughs> and so even if you vote to preserve it. It doesn't mean it's it, going to be. You may very well be getting a piece of this dismembered. It's a possibility. Granted, crazy. it won't be worth that much because it's 150,000 oh people. But God. still, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. And the things they do, like like you were saying, I don't know. 
if they're real or not. Yeah. Like this is the pro wrestling of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. That's very you know what that is? It's very like Heath Ledger Joker from Dark Knight. It is. Like it's very much just like, let's see what you like, let's see like I just want to see what humanity Let's see is. how bad humanity can be. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Or how great it can be. Like it's just oh it's yeah it's it's something else but i was very entertained by it so cards against humanity continuing to kill it on every front um and next geek out it's another video game we had talked in the past about games like grim fandango and day of the tentacle getting remastered versions and uh excitingly for me one of my favorite video games of all time is getting the remastered treatment and that is full throttle i don't know if you guys have played this game but it was another LucasArts game that came out uh, years and years ago when I was back in high school. It's basically about a biker who is trying to save a motorcycle company and there's an evil corporation and it's all great. And Mark Hamill is the voice of the villain in it. It's so much friggin' fun. Uh, it's going to be coming to PS4 and PS Vita. And oh, I'm so excited. I love Full Throttle so much. Can't say I played it. No, no. There was a, uh, I actually had a full throttle t-shirt back in the day. Like the, the gang, the biker gang in the game is called the Polecats. Mm -hmm. And I had a Polecats t-shirt and, um, there's the saying, there was like Corley Motors was the ones that sponsored them. And that was the big motorcycle kind of company in the game. And the, their tagline was nobody beats a Corley. And, uh, I was on the shirt as well. Oh God. I love, I have so many good memories of that game and I'm looking forward to it coming out on PS4 because I'm going to stream the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody can spoil it for me because I've already played it before. <laughs> so excited. Uh, the next one, I know at least one other person in this room is excited for, uh, I know maybe two of you might be. And that is Howard Stern. Uh, and I'll let him tell you exactly what it is so I don't have to say it. This morning, I am very, very pleased to announce and excited to announce that, in fact, we will be here for the next five years. Really? That is correct. Myself, Robin, Fred, this um, deal that uh, I have with uh, Sirius enables us now to move really into the future. There's an excitement about an app we'll be developing that will now include video streaming of the show. Our fans will be able to get our complete archives. You'll be able to, on demand, get everything you want audio and video-wise, and then some. And when I tell you what it's going to be, you're going to be very excited about it. I will be unveiling more of this, but this uh, development of the video aspect of our careers and the complete archives of our careers and everything that will be presented, we will do in conjunction with Sirius. So I'm very, very excited about so it. So there's going to be a video component? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because that's <laughs> the future, don't you see? So a week or two, Howard made this announcement, yeah. and it was the day before his last show, his last contract. show. He always show. does that. He does. He always waits till the last minute. Um, I'm excited about the video component of the show because Howard TV stopped maybe a year or two ago, and people have been wondering what is the future of that because they've still been recording stuff. They're putting out clips on YouTube they still have the video content. So all these things we might have missed might still be released. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the entire archive will be on demand is unreal. Right. Plus, I'm just excited about the fact that we have Howard through 2020 now. That's amazing. They always wait right to the end of December to make that announcement because they know that it pushes subscriptions mm -hmm. for holiday gifts and for more units to be sold. What better time to... Buy somebody as serious. Oh, Howard's going to be on another five years. Let me 
but either buy somebody a radio or buy right. it for myself. Renew your subscription. Hey, now. Yeah. Very, very yeah. excited for more awesome. Howard. Yeah. Super, super pumped. This, this is where my weird brain goes, though, because uh, one of the first things I thought of after I was like, yes, I'm so excited. One of the things I think about here and there when he's doing the impressions of his parents are what's going to happen when he loses one. I know. And unfortunately, and that's like my favorite part of the show. It is. I absolutely love his uh, impressions of his parents. But within these five years, highly likely. they're both what? Ninety three ish. I think they're in their late 80s. Are they? they? Okay. They might, they might make it. Well, Howard's what? 63 63. or 64. So they're probably in their early to mid 80s. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm like worried that his parents aren't going to make it through the next contract run. Mm. And not only will we lose the, the impressions or he won't feel comfortable doing them anymore, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this, I don't know why that's one of the things my brain went to first, but. Oh, when you think about what has made Howard Howard over his career is that he's been real. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's definitely the parody side of things, but he was able to get through divorce and loss of a child, mm-hmm. you know, or a pregnancy. And he's been, he's dealt things head on. Um, not that anybody wishes anybody that, but at the same time, it will be interesting to see how it's handled. Yeah. Is it going to be something that's not a top to be spoken? I mean, you looked at, you know, Gary losing family. And, right. And you've, you've seen this stuff and, um, it'll be interesting to see how it's handled if it happens during this run. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling, you know, there will definitely be time out where he, you know, understandably, he'll disappear for a right, couple weeks. I right. Think. Yeah. And, but I think when he comes back, it, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting to hear him talk about right. it because, um, and I, I'm sure it's going to be some, really amazing radio mm. because it's going to be real and I'm sure that it's going to be real painful to hear. Right. It sounds like it's something we're looking forward to and it's not, but right. It's, right. it's, you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to have Sal and Richard running goofy exactly. stuff around that. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. But five more years of Howard couldn't right. be more thrilled yeah. for that. And I think the deal is 12 years overall though. There's five years on air, but I think the whole deal uh, also extends with Sirius for, for an additional seven after Where, that like, the channels remain. So, yeah, they'll mm-hmm. be a part of Sirius for another 12 years. I think you're right, yeah. I remember hearing something that similar. Um, my last Gigot's not on the show notes because it's uh, a surprise in a way because I was so surprised I was able to pull this off. And that is, um, I was on Instagram, like, last Friday for us, a couple weeks ago for you guys, and I saw that one of the trending hashtags was uh, Nuka Cola. Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> I saw that one of the trending hashtags was Nuka Cola, yeah, yeah. and I was like, "Wait, wait, did they restock it?" I and, saw like, that too. Not make an announcement, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So I quickly, I was at work at the time, and I think it was already like one o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> and I did a quick search, like for where they were still selling it. And I was shocked that so many places still had it in stock. And uh I went to the one here. It was in stock at the Target in my yeah. town. And I went and when I got in there and I checked the stock, it was gone. Oh. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. And I think it was Target. Wasn't it a Target exclusive? It is a Target yeah. exclusive. Yeah. But then I ended up looking at the app uh, again and looking for ones that are around me. So I went to Plainville, which is like 20, 25 minutes away. And I got a bottle of Nuka-Cola. Yay. Oh. Yep. I got one. Uh They were a lot better this time about. The way they got rid of them, some stores 
some stores were better about it. Others were not because I tried Volpe yeah. so hard to get a second bottle. Right. Like literally drove around for two hours. Did you really? Trying to get you a bottle. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I, I had gone to the Plainville one. They said right. they were only issuing one per customer. Wow. So you had to pick them up at the, the guest counter. Yep. And like go up there and they had like, they had like three or four six packs up there. And I was like, I just want two. <laughs> I, I just want two. I need another. And they wouldn't give me a second one. So I saw that North Attleboro, which wasn't too far away, mm-hmm. had, uh, theirs in stock and I drove there, which at, Five o'clock on a Friday was not the best That's idea. Yeah. The weekend before Christmas. Uh, so it took me about what would have been a 10 minute drive took me like 40 minutes to get to the next one. And even though it's head in stock, they were like, no, we were sold out at like eight this morning. Well, update your stock. Yeah. So then I drove back to Plainville to try and get this guy another for a soda. One. And what, then fake mustache. Yeah. And then I sat in my car. <laughs> the glasses with like the mustache. Hello. I'm here to buy. <laughs> then I sat in my car and I called six different stores in the area to try and get them, but they were all sold out. So I tried very hard, but I do have the one bottle. And they were like, oh, are you going to drink it or keep it? I'm like, I'm not opening this thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was just thinking. I'm like, wow, if Rob pulled it off and gave me one, do I drink the bottle of Nuka-Cola? <laughs> do I take pictures with it, then drink it just to say I had it? Yeah. What do you do? Well, I mean, there's several ways you could go about this. One, you don't disrupt it at all. Which is probably what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because honestly, I've had this flavor before. I have too. And if you can go was, buy it right now in the store. If it was a unique flavor, I would probably drink it. It's a great flavor. It is a great flavor. But I can go buy that in normal bottles. This is the way it is. The other thing I could do is I could open up, I could drink this, and then I could like fill it with whatever color I want and kind of like glue the top back on. So now it's just a decoration. I'll have to think that there's actually stuff in there that I want. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'll probably just leave it as is. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. It should go up on the shelf. It will. It will. It'll go with all the uh, collectibles. The right move is to keep the bottle and let it like change color and get all weird and over gross. time. <laughs> and then like 20 years from now, call up Buzzfeed and be like, Hey, you guys want to try a 20 year old bottle of Nuka Cola? <laughs> because they did that like for a video with like the uh, crystal Pepsi. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, like surge <laughs> yeah. and like all these like really old sodas. And they like bought these like cans and bottles from like eBay and stuff. Yeah. And they paid like ridiculous amounts of like $150 for like a bottle of crystal Pepsi or whatever. And it was obviously just disgusting. Like it was brown. Right. Right. Like it, it was like it looked like regular Pepsi, but oh, it was no. Crystal Pepsi, and like they were drinking. They're like, "Oh no, this is no, I'm gonna get sick." Like that's the right move. Like, yeah, just put years. it out there. Then I have a 20 year old undisrupted bottle of Orbitz soda. I don't know do if you remember you that. Really? I do. Oh my god! I do because we thought Orbitz. It was like it was a soda, like a clear soda. It was like basically a bubble tea soda. Yeah, it, it has like little, gelatinous and, balls yeah, in it. And we bought it and thought it was cool, and just <laughs> left it on the shelf and have never. Oh my! So god. I have what did it from, taste like. I never tasted it. Oh, I never bought. I literally bought it and put it on the shelf. I've had Orbit sodas. Twenty before. years old. It's never been opened. So keep that in mind. Give us, give us a yell over here if you're interested in buying one. I could use the loot. It is kind of. <laughs> it's kind of gross. Yeah. You know what we should do with that bottle is we should do like a geek generation like fundraiser and then be like put it out there on like the stream or something and be like. Who wants to pay so and so to drink this twenty year old <laughs> oh, bottle know, of Orbit right? and like just for shits and giggles, you know? It really is. It's I just a soda. Make you sick. It it's has, syrup yeah, and it sugar. has gelatinous balls yeah. in it. But it it tastes fine. They but didn't the, break down or anything. But what was the flavor of it? There were different flavors. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but the the feeling of having those like gelatin balls in with it was just so gross That's to me. Weird. Yeah. If I remember correctly, they like squeaked when you chewed on them. It's not the same <laughs> orbits that makes the gum, is it? No, no, oh, okay. no, no. no. Most no, sure. it was. I forget what company it's like made it. That's what they evolved. It was either it. Pepsi or Coke. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be Pepsi or Coke. Yeah. And Pepsi did, they actually did a, a release in, in line with their, uh, the Pepsi, what was the Pepsi in, um, uh, Pepsi Clear? What was the one that they called? Pepsi. No, no, no. But what Pepsi was the one? Perfect? Pepsi Perfect. From Back to the they Future, did, yeah. Well, after they did just re release a very, very limited amount of Pepsi, uh, Crystal Pepsi, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, okay. Lining up with that yeah. as well, yeah. Those vintage things kind of returning is becoming a trend. Yeah. Here yeah. and there. Although I haven't seen Surge as much as we were expecting to see. No. Surge is back. Though. It is back. Yeah, they made okay. a big deal about Surge coming back, and yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon. I, is that the, the Geek, only place, though? $82 a bottle. Yeah, go to thegeekgeneration.com, click the Amazon button. And yeah. find, get yourself some Surge. That's right. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then stream games. Or watch your Rob stream games. Yeah, there you go. You'll be up all night. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Geek out's over. Yeah. Let's get into freakouts. Oh, freakout! Well, a few episodes ago, I talked about a TV show that I was watching, The Man in the High Castle. And mm-hmm. the, the premise of the show was a what if the the U.S. lost World War II and the Nazis and the Japanese won and what would happen to America. So the show itself was fantastic. Um, it dragged just slightly in the middle, like two episodes were a little, uh, I was like, all right, let's get through this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know how it was going to build. and I was like, how do you end something like this? Is it going to continue on? Does the show just end? And from what I could tell, there's a definitive end to the show, but it was not good. Oh, right. It Like the whole premise, the whole show was fantastic. You get to this point at the very end, what's about to happen? And it's just like, I was like, oh, fuck. Just not good. Just not good. Like it's not worth the investment of watching the show? No, it's worth the investment of watching the show because it really does paint a great picture of what the world could have been like. Mm -hmm. And it really does help answer those questions in your head. It creates, you know, the alternate timeline. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just the ending itself, I just expected it to go somewhere. Like there's so many other ways it could have ended Mm -hmm. realistically how it should have ended based Mm -hmm. on what was happening between the 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 Nazis and the Japanese and the tension building. But it just ended on a note where I was like, uh, now you said it was a definitive like, ending. Is there room for them to move forward? I, I don't think so. I think that the, with the way it ended, they're just going to, their next step is going to be like another what if series. Well, here's the thing. They did get picked up for a second season. They did. So 2016, so does, you're going to see man in the high castle. See, season and, two. and it can, so me see without spoiling the show, it's like, maybe there's going to be a whole different, characters within the, it's okay. just the way it ends just tells you that huh like i can't i can't say it because it spoils the whole <laughs> right, show right but they should have left more room for they shouldn't have ended it the way they did if that's the way the book series like there was just a, it was a book that they did from that's the way mm-hmm. the book ends then i guess they followed the book to a t but in terms of tv and continue on to another season it just did not make sense huh. because the way it ends you just literally sit there and go okay now is your curiosity peaked with the second season to get back in? No, because how are they going to fix this? Like, <laughs> like it's just going to have to be a different set of characters and a whole different storyline within that world. That what if world? It's like with Back to the Future, where they 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 were like, oh god, we create a tangent story, a uh, tangent line. We got to get back to the original. It, it's like that idea of hmm. like, I don't know. It's just the show itself was great, and mm-hmm. it's still I'd give it you know 
four and a half out of five stars. It's just that the way that it ended was a letdown for me. Yeah. And for me, after it was over, I went, all right, I don't know how they're going to do another season. So well, it makes sense. At least it was only a season investment. Right. And you that, weren't let down after like eight seasons, Dexter. But that's the, <laughs> uh, right. it wasn't, you know, but, still, but I see, I see the ending of this being exactly like that. Like yeah. there's going to be people who are going to be like, Oh no, it made sense. And, and some people are going to think it's great. Like, no. Yeah. But still, it's like, it's terrible when like the last, your last impression of a show is disappointment. Cause, yeah. Cause I mean, even if the whole show was great, like that last little bitter taste in your mouth, it's just like. And it, the problem was that when it ended, I literally looked at the screen and went, what? And then picked up my phone and had to Google to understand the ending of the show. And I'm mm. like, Oh wow. I don't, why did that? Is that how the book ended? I had to go find out. I'm like, I don't get what the yeah. frig just happened. Hmm. Like this is it's like everything is just moving along, moving along, and all of a sudden there's just this blop ending, and I'm like, what the fuck? Very interesting. Mm. Now I now I kind of want to jump in, and yeah. <laughs> even though I only watched the pilot, I kind of want to see that just to see it. Yeah, I kind of want to watch. You it, just man. sold the show, even though you see it's a freak out. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's like that. I know there is a second book. There were two books. Okay. So I don't, I don't know how the second book. The second book I think that was written by somebody else. It wasn't the original author. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the Ninja Turtles trailer. I just, I want to want to go see it. I don't want them I to. I agree with you so much. Like, I was like, please, God. Please. It looks so much fun, but so did the first. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> come on. They and won't. And as soon as we walked out of the theater, I was like, they won't do it to me again. They won't do it to me again. And but I yet, think they're but doing it to me I still sit here and I'm going, I think I have to see it because my childhood, like the, the little Mike inside of me is like, you have to see it. It's the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it's like they finally did Bebop and Rockstead. Yes. And, and they look good. They actually look like they, they look, look really good. good. They, they look Casey, way better than the Turtles do. I, yeah, I hope Casey Jones keeps the, the mask on a little more. I highly doubt he will. I like Stephen Amell, but, but that was, I don't think that's the right guy. No, I don't either. No. But He's too pretty. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I, I just still go with if we can make guys in rubber suits look good in the early 90s. It is 2000, almost 16, mm-hmm. or when this ever airs, maybe it is 2016. <laughs> I don't know. No, this is our last show of the year. Okay. So why is it that we cannot perfect that now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, I just, I want to want to see it so bad. Yeah. And I like, I, I'm not going to lie. I'll probably be there to see it. <laughs> I mean, I like that Bebop and Rocksteady in this iteration are like, I mean, they're not like mindless beasts. Right, you know? right. Like Toka and Razar. Yeah. Which like, should oh, have been Bebop and Rocksteady. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. From that abortion of a movie from like the what, early 90s. <laughs> the second one wasn't that bad. But I mean, the, the, those two, the right. Toka and Razar were just like, they should have been aborted. But I'm um, like, just, I like that they're, they're, they're conversational, you know. They're yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, you got jokes now," you know, like yeah. that kind of like they have that re- the re- that rapport with the turtles. But I mean, and I liked in the I, I'm a I'm a hip hop fan, so I liked in the trailer how they used Run DMC. Yeah, it was yeah. tricky, mm-hmm. you know. And the stuff that they showed looked fun, the whereas the first one yeah. not as much. Yeah, like they have the the launcher, yeah. Yeah. like it's almost like a version of the pizza launcher. Yeah, and they had the whole like the you know the the, the button thing. He's like, push that button. It's like, which button do I push? There's so many buttons. Kind of like that one. From- I feel like they're going full on eighties with this yeah. one, but I don't want to be fooled again. Yeah. Right. 
Damn you, yeah. Michael Bay. I don't want to get hurt again. I know. It, the first one hurts so bad. It's, it's, like, like a, it's like you broke up with a girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say that. And she's like, come on. I swear I won't heat on you again. She's like, like, okay. And she's and like then, really hot. And you're like, oh. And then two days later, someone sends you a Snapchat of her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the movie's just going to be them showing us the trailer and then a giant middle finger being like, we got you. <laughs> You already paid. That's all that matters. God uh, damn it. Should have sent the five bucks to Carson. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> oh, Paulo. Uh, my freak out is video game based. Uh, it's about Destiny, the video game where you mm. roam the universe using microtransactions apparently now. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you've been listening to the show for the last few months, you know that I play Destiny and I play Destiny a lot. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so recently uh, Destiny has transitioned into a different business model whereby they sell or they use microtransactions to fund the game and instead of releasing huge batches of content as a quote-unquote expansion Mm -hmm. they release free micro expansions like every few months so like they'll have an event that uh, a bunch of game elements are based around and Mm -hmm. you participate in that event so rather than release like big content releases they just release one game and then they'll release a game and then they'll release a bunch of mini patches to like update the game. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get a totally new game either a year or a year and a half or two years later, which for a game like Destiny, that's like a, basically a shooter MMO. Like, no, that's not what I want. Right, I want right. fresh content to play. I can't keep playing the same shit over and over again. That and there's also the whole idea that microtransactions lead to like a slippery slope where you eventually get to the point where you're paying to win rather than like playing to win. So instead of grinding out gear and grinding out certain elements of the game to get to where you want to be, eventually at some point the idea of the slippery slope is that you'll just be able to pay real money to buy things in game so that you don't have to grind out that that part of it's the one of the biggest disservices to the gaming yeah. audience is to say well your time isn't what's worth it to us your experience isn't what's worth it to us it's just whatever you have in your wallet right now it's like how willing are you to how willing are you to pay for what you want in the game yeah, yeah. Well, like, it goes back to even looking at the games that we grew up playing you had to beat the game to unlock a character mm-hmm. and you were just like i know i need, i want to beat this game so i can play as whatever right. whoever but now you buy packs right to right. get the characters it's 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 all going back to it's changing to that like yeah. instant gratification oh you you want this gun or you want that exactly. level yeah. here you can you can buy it and have it instantly don't put work in right i saw that the uh they had the last super smash update mm-hmm. that they're going to have for the latest smash brothers game and they're introducing another character and it costs like six dollars mm-hmm. for this one character and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And it's like the, the concept that you're talking about, Volpe, where like you remove the grind or the, yeah. the beating of the game. It's called removing the friction from like the game. So like that is basically like grinding out, um, to get to a certain level or doing a, a task repeatedly until you get something mm-hmm. through like a random number generated system or through whatever the, the game design has allowed or has uh, permitted you to earn. So like, say like you want a certain gun or right. something, right? You go through a certain process to get it, or you play a certain thing, a certain number of times to get to a point where mm-hmm. you unlock it. Like that's called the friction of the game. They're removing right. the friction element and they're saying, 
you can pay to get to a certain point. So in the beginning, they started off by saying, okay, you're going to pay purely for cosmetic stuff, like uh, an armor shader that makes your armor a different color or like an emote, which is, it has no impact on the game whatsoever, but it just makes your character do something crazy right. in the game, right? But now they're offering like a free to level 25 pay to play thing. So you can buy a card that has a code on it. When you put it into Xbox Live, it levels your character straight from one to 25. That's so dumb. Yeah. And like, granted, a lot of Destiny's content is in the end game. So one to 25 is not a huge jump, but it is a step in the wrong direction. You know? Yeah, completely. And so for uh, a new person, one to 25 is you're learning how to play mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. game ethics, like especially when you're playing with other players, sort of the uh, whatever server you're on, what those general that culture, that sort of what's yeah. cool and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when you when you get these instantly PL newbies coming yeah. across it, you know, starting at I know 25 is probably not a huge high level, but it's still the time you get from one to 25 is a big learning piece. But when you think about it in, in the term, in like the scale of leveling, like the current cap is 40. So one to 25 is a huge percentage yeah. of that leveling. Granted, I mean, you can get from one to 25 if you grind it out in like a day. Hmm. So like if you play for like eight, 10 hours straight, you can get from one to 25. It's possible. But I mean, you do also lose out on the learning element, like the learning curve through one to 25, like how to aim your gun, like what aim assist is like, you know, like, it, it's just, it takes out so much of the story and so much of the gameplay that you've learned from getting to that point that it's like, eventually what's going to happen is if you, if you play the game for a long time, you're going to end up playing with a lot of people who haven't had the same experience as you. And so they won't have the same skill set as you. Mm-hmm. And especially in a game where you depend on other, other people. people to play a game to get you to a certain point. That's de- almost deadly. When level no longer equates to experience, then yeah. I mean, you're basically taking, hacking away at the skill set necessary mm-hmm. and you're dumbing down the game if, to a point where it, it won't be playable. It's a anymore. bad move. Yeah. Really bad move. And it's just, I mean, granted, yes, Bungie is the developer, but their parent company is EA. So it's kind of like, uh, well, maybe that's There you why. go. Yeah. The pressure's coming from EA. It's like a money. No grab, doubt. But EA loves their microtransactions. Yeah. So. I don't know how much longer we're going to be playing that game, but right now I'm still a slave to it. So <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't kill the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Take my money for now, but maybe not so much in the future. I mean, how much money do you invest into the game? Do you, you buy a lot of stuff or you just play? I mean, you pay for the game. You pay for the expansions mm-hmm. um, up until now, of course. And then you pay for Xbox Live. But, I mean, other than that, I don't so pay typical, for anything. Yeah. yeah. I know people that have spent like upwards of like 50 bucks though, on the game, like buying like useless shit. Yeah. Like buying all the emotes or buying all the shaders mm-hmm. or whatever, like all the tiny little things that really don't mean anything in the game. Right. They have all of them. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You're not even using that. It's like a week of lunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah right. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Focus on eating. Yeah. Yeah. Mal West. Yeah. Um, I, up until this season, have been very much hooked into American Horror Story mm-hmm. the series for its ups and downs. I mean, some of the series, some of the seasons were stronger or weaker in my opinion, but, um, this, this season of it, uh, has been hotel. And while they've brought back again, a really great cast. And I think like Lady Gaga has been really good in it. It just, I gave up on it. And it's, I'm not like that with a, with a series usually to get like five or six episodes in and just say, I've had it. I felt like after five episodes, the story was really just out there. There was so much just sort of, why are we watching this? There were some little storylines that were going on plots and, at this point, it may have changed, but I, I couldn't make it past 
five and for a show that I've been, you know, basically every season sold right away and then flying the banners of this is a great show for it to be just like just a fall off. And it just was, I think, in many cases, all right, we're going to try to make our show this time around about just we're going to show you disturbing imagery and that's going to be it. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it may very well at this point have turned, but they I mean, if you can't a show that I've been invested in, if after like four or five episodes, I'm not already like, yes, this is awesome. And I'm struggling to watch it and stay with it and just wonder why I'm watching it. That's a big fail. So, I mean, I will definitely, uh, I'm sure they'll have another season and I'll, and I'll start it again. I'll have that same, I'm going to, I'll, I'll give it a shot, but American Horror Story Hotel, if somebody, if somebody has a different take on it, definitely let, you know, let us know. And maybe I need to, maybe there's something I missed and I can go back and watch it, you know, when it's up for binge. But at this point, I'm just really blown away that this great show that I've been completely into for its whole run the one that really looked good with all these different people and all these different stars and just couldn't keep my interest. And that's not like that show. I just, I would find myself drifting away and like wanting to play solitaire or something. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> when that's the alternative. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. picking my phone up and you know, I can get another game of tri peaks in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my freak out is maze runner, the scorch trials. I'm not big on young adult movies to begin with. I feel like a lot of stories are kind of rehashing the same thing over and over. It's retreading the same ground. I liked the first Maze Runner movie a lot. It offered something different. There was a mystery element. It was about the relationships between the characters. Getting out of the maze was exciting. There was a world that was created that felt different than a lot of the other stuff. Granted, they all kind of do some world building on their own. But most of it's all like about dividing into a different section or not fitting into this mold or whatever. It's all the same kind of themes in young adult novels. But I thought Maze Runner was kind of a standout when it came to that stuff. Maze Runner Scorch Trials, however, was back to the norm for pretty much any young adult content. So it basically became run from the evil authority organization in this one. I mean, they're they're out of the maze at this point. They're in the scorch, as they call the desert or the scorched earth or whatever it is that we don't fully know everything about this world. We're learning as we go through. But they're basically just trying to outrun this evil authority, which if you look at things like the Hunger Games and Divergent and all of them, they're all the same now. And Maze Runner went in the same direction as these other ones. And I was so disappointed because it started off so well and so different and has become just the same as all the others. From what I'm told, the book didn't have all of the elements that the movie did. The movie introduced like these weird zombie-like creatures, which you guys know me. I love zombies. <laughs> that's Robert. Robert's. That's Robert. Rob's, uh... <laughs> Robert. Where did that come from? I don't know. From? I don't know. That's Rob's uh, favorite movie genre. Yeah, the oh, zombie. totally. Zombies. So, And apparently the zombies don't exist in the books. Huh. So it's something that they introduced in the movie for some weird reason, and it didn't add anything to it it actually took away from it because i felt like it was getting into an area that's just been popularized lately so they're just trying to cash in on those things that seem to be working in other forms of media and clearly that must be what they were doing because it felt crowbarred in because it didn't exist in the story so super super bummed by that so i'm pretty much out of that franchise too (laughs) they just kicked me right the hell out bummer yeah all right, those are our freakouts. Uh, we are going to do our Oreo taste test. Mm. We did not, however, approach this the same way as we have in the past. 
Uh, I thought it would be a smart idea for those of you who don't like to hear our disgusting chewing on the show <laughs> to actually do it on the show anymore. So in the future, we didn't record them this week, but in the future, we're going to try and do some YouTube videos so you can actually see uh, what the Oreos look like. And then you can watch our disgusting mouths chew them on camera instead of listen to them in the uh, audio form. But uh, those will be available in the future. But for now, we ate all of these Oreos. And I say all because it's more than one this time. We ate all of these prior to recording so we can give you our impressions now. Uh, the first was the limited edition flavor that was around before and just came back around now, which is Marshmallow Crispy, which is supposed to be kind of like a Rice Krispie-ish yeah. type cookie. What would you guys think? I thought it was good. Not their best. Not their worst. Yeah. The cookie itself was just your typical regular white cookie but the cream had a little bit of the rice krispies in it i think they could have done better i think i don't know paul nailed it on the head when he said that the cookie should have been i think it was you paul that yeah. said it, the cookie should have been rice Krispie rice krispies mm -hmm. mm. it was good i mean it gets the point across i actually mm. found it very similar to the uh coconut one right that we had mm. before i mean it had the little specks inside right. uh and i think matt you had mentioned that it would be better if it had more cream so you could really get to the crispy so we even attempted that we took right. uh we took the halves off of two different cookies and put them together and Double when stuffed. eating that i finally kind of yeah. got some of the crispy like actually felt myself crunching some of the crispy in it where I didn't get that as a single cookie. I feel like they should have done it as a double stuff with more yeah. full pieces of, of Rice Krispie rather mm -hmm. than the little ground up pieces that were in there. Mm -hmm. Then you would have gotten that texture. I totally. Think that would have changed it. But I think ultimately Paulo had it right with doing it with the crispy cookie and then just regular cream. And then yeah. As you guys can probably tell, we did the taste test before the podcast. We were all hyped when we started. <laughs> we now are, we're just yeah. Kinda, we're now we're starting to <laughs> trail off. Uh, the next one we had, yeah. Paul was nice enough to go to a, what, did you say it was a Vietnamese market? I went to a, yeah, Korean market. Korean market, sorry. And, uh, yeah, nearby. And I got, a uh, two Japanese Oreo types. Uh, one was like a soft cookie mm -hmm. with a chestnut filling. And the other one was just, it's like a weird version of the Oreo that they have in Japan. It's, it's like, like a bar. A, yeah, it's like a bar. It's almost like a chocolate bar with just cookie in it. Yeah, very Kit Kat looking. Yeah, and that was yeah. strawberry flavor. Mm-hmm. So, the uh the chestnut one I, I it's always interesting when you get the soft cookie i do like the soft oreos mm -hmm. but and i think we said this when we reviewed the japan crate too is that a lot of the flavors for japanese stuff is a lot more subtle it's not yeah. as sweet as what we're used to yeah. in the u.s and that's definitely true of these the i found like the chestnut one was a little bit more bitter like mm. the yeah i don't know if it was the nut flavor or if it was just the cookie itself like way less sugar way more like cocoa or something yeah I, don't know, like the I mean when i put nuts in my mouth i want it to be a little bit sweeter <laughs> <laughs> uh, you heard it you heard it first uh. you heard it from rob first guys i just opened that door on purpose so. <laughs> let's isolate that soundbite <laughs> come back to haunt you um, i thought i thought the the hazelnut one actually it was i wasn't expecting a soft cookie at first it does say on the package soft cookie but uh when it came out it was Pretty cool looking. Like, I don't think <laughs> who trusts the package. I know, anyway. right? right? <laughs> Soft cookie. No, it's no, going to be gonna hard when I open it. I know. You know, I had to come all the way over from Korea. So, yeah. uh, no, but like, if you can put a picture up of what they look like, because they don't look like an Oreo. They don't. Other no. than it's two sandwiches with like a cream in the middle. So they were kind of neat looking. They had like a, a cool looking Like a drizzle, drizzle on yeah. top. Yeah. Um, I actually thought that maybe it was because it wasn't as sweet as I thought it would be. I actually liked that it was a less sweet cookie. Hmm. I thought it was pretty good. I think of the three we tried, I thought that one was. While the the one with the uh, 
the Rice Krispie was probably the the most Oreo like. Sure. I think the three of them, if I had to pick one, it would that would be actually the the one I like the best. Interesting. Yeah. It also has like a little jelly mm. center sort of thing. Rob says he didn't. I get didn't it. even see it in yeah. mine. Yeah. I, I noticed. Like I bit into my cookie and I saw the cavity of where it would have been because I think I just it, I bit it and it mm. was in my mouth wow. at the time. I didn't really taste it though. Yeah. Like I even tried to figure the texture to see because it's like the cream texture. And like, where is it? <laughs> you know, like kind of like rubbing it against the roof of yeah, your mouth. Yeah. It wasn't there. So I don't know if it was there or not or if it melted. I don't know. But I mean, it does taste like chestnut a little bit. So. All right. And okay. the strawberry. Uh, the first thing we noticed about the strawberry is the aroma. Ooh. Very yes. strong. Yeah. Smelled of strawberry and fake strawberry. Yes. Hardcore. Uh, was not, like you said, a, a cookie shape. It was more of like a bar type mm-hmm. thing. The taste was a lot more subtle than the scent, yeah. mm-hmm. which was the taste was welcome. I enjoyed the taste. Mm-hmm. It was good, but was confusing yeah. given, given yeah. the strong odor from it. It smelled like Bath and Body Works from like the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You open yeah. up the Yankee Candle strawberry candle. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you smelled. Yeah. Right. Whoa. That's like when we just opened the bag and these are individually wrapped. So the smell is somehow either in the bag or like seeping out of the packaging. It like, had to know. be. Yeah. 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 So like, yeah, but the, the candies themselves or the chocolate bars themselves, they don't taste too much like strawberry. So it's like you get it. A big hit of it in your nose, and then when you taste it, it's more chocolatey. Mm. But yeah, yeah, which really just threw me off. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like a chocolate bar, and inside the it's like a cookie chocolate bar. So inside there was like bits of Oreo that mm-hmm. made it kind of a sure. crunchy. Yeah, so it was interesting. I didn't know what to expect from that when it came out as a chocolate bar. And you're right, it wasn't like this prevalent strawberry flavor that oh god, it was. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like at those fancy restaurants where they like try to fool you with like the smoke and the, <laughs> yes, like the food, but then your food just really just tastes like chicken. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do reviews. Volpe, you saw a movie which I've also seen too, so oh, I did can see I can chime in with oh, you on good. this. And I really would like to see it. Oh well, you should see it I've, because it's a good movie. It is a good and movie. It's right, the good dinosaur. Hi. <laughs> uh, so. It's another Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with Pixar, who are you? I know, so, right? <laughs> but you know, it, they make great movies, and this they one do. is is good. It's not great, mm-hmm. but it was good. Uh, they find ways. I guess it kind of ties into the way like Disney likes to play with your heartstrings. They mm-hmm. find a way very quickly to make you feel bad for the main character. But the basic premise of the movie, too, I should have started with that, was that uh, the dinosaurs. Do not become extinct. So the the asteroid that hits the Earth misses the Earth by just a smidge. Mm-hmm. And the dinosaurs survive millions of years later. Humans are evolving. So we're basically just in that, like, kind of caveman state where we're still maybe moving around like a little monkey-ish. Like, we're, we're, not, we're not totally upright yet. Right, right. And we're basically there's, – there's not a lot in the way of communication between humans, it, sees, it seems. So it just – Follows the story of Arlo, who's a, I don't know what kind of dinosaur he is, almost kind of like a brontosaurus, brontosaurus looking, yeah. yeah. Uh, and his story is he accidentally gets swept away from his homeland mm-hmm. and has to find his way back and runs into numerous obstacles, including other dinosaurs. Some are friendly, some are not. And comes across the the little human who, it's funny because it's like, the human becomes the pet of the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird. The roles to, are very much reversed. The right. animal is acting like a human because they're the more not right. advanced, but they've been around longer. And then the human very much acts like an animal. Exactly. And it's the story between the two of them who it begins with there's there's hatred 
and then you know it builds to an understanding and some friendship and taking care of one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was well done. It moves very quickly. The story really didn't take long to just get to the point. Here we go. Here are the obstacles in the way, and we're going to build up to you know mm-hmm. the, the the climax. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd I'd say I'd give it a four out of five. Yeah. What did you think? I liked it. Um, I I know that going into this movie, there were problems with it, mm-hmm. not necessarily with the end result, but the process of making it. I think it's one of the reasons we got two Pixar movies this year is because Good Dinosaur is supposed to come out a while ago. Mm-hmm. They had completely recast the voice cast at one point and restructured the movie entirely. So there were a lot of changes mm-hmm. and they were working with those. And I think that delay kind of pushed it into this yeah. year as we also saw inside out release this year. And we never ever, get, I was going to ask, we never, never get, get two Pixar movies in one year because of the amount of work. And exactly. that's the other thing I wanted to comment on where there were moments in this movie where I wasn't sure if I was looking at an actual live shot of yes. a forest or yep. if this was them creating it. And I literally was like, I don't, did they put in a live shot and then they did like I know. did you like feel the I same had the way? same there there were very like photorealistic very, like, renderings I've never seen things. anything like this it's really cool to see uh water is a big part of yes. this movie and you'll see a lot of it obviously not as much as finding nemo it's all underwater but uh when you're seeing water on the surface instead of underwater you see the dynamics of yeah. it more because of the the water's moving and the top of the waves and stuff but it's it's crazy to think about where they started with Toy Story, where they weren't even capable of rendering liquids. That's why there's no liquid yeah. in the movie oh. versus something like this, where it's photorealistic. It is. And it's unbelievable that they're generating all this. Uh, the movie itself, I enjoyed. I would not put it up in the upper tier of Pixar movies. I mm-hmm. kind of stick it in that middle tier. I enjoyed it, but I had a hard time relating to the characters, I think, maybe because... I've always had a difficult time relating to dinosaurs. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, and there were some characters in there that are, they're inter- they're funny and they're interesting, but I just wasn't connecting with them the way that I do in a lot of Pixar movies. Right. Even with the human character wasn't necessarily connecting with, because like we said, acting more like an animal than a human being. That's not to say I didn't cry at a point in the movie because <laughs> right. it's a Pixar movie and yeah. they clearly set you they up know for to, that. They know how to get you. Yeah, but uh, I would say kind of in that middle middle ground as far as Pixar movies go. I thought you were going to say I couldn't tell if I was looking at an actual dinosaur or a <laughs> generated dinosaur. I was like, wow, that's incredible. Now, one of the things I'll give them credit for, too, is it looked like they had some raptors show up at one point and the raptors were partially yes. feathered. Yes. Oh, really? So they weren't going with the traditional I forgot way. what they called them, too. It was some weird way. I didn't think it was going to be a raptor. Right. And then it showed up. I'm like, oh, it's a raptor. Yeah, yeah. Put, uh, is, is Hollywood just coming together like with even with jurassic world they kept hinting at oh it would really have feathers are we building to the point where there's going to be a movie where all the dinosaurs have feathers is that what we're getting <laughs> I at well so. i don't i don't subtle hits here. i don't think it was a thing of all dinosaurs but we have Some proven since that raptors were feathered we we're gonna slowly change everything yeah so but jurassic like, park is like screw that i think <laughs> right. yeah i think from a marketing perspective i think having feathered dinosaurs is not within the 
realm of good sense for a marketer because like dinosaurs have to be like villainous scaly right. it makes smooth. them lovey like a teddy bear yeah like if you put feathers on it it's like oh it's like a bird even though that's like science fact you right, know it's like right. if you from a marketing standpoint if you put feathers on a dinosaur it's like oh it's like a bird i want to put it on my shoulder no you don't want to put no. it on your shoulder it's no like, it's a death machine <laughs> like like you know? a death machine yeah. So, yeah it's true it's yeah. true all right paulo um, so I am doing a review of a thing that I actually already wrote a review for on the Geek Generation website. It's the Astro Gaming A40 Mix Amp M80 Gaming Headset. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Um, full disclosure, we got a unit from the company itself and mm-hmm. we were able to review it that way. So keep that in mind. Um, so the whole, like I said, the whole, my written review, review is on the website. So go to geekgeneration.com. You can see it there. I've had a little bit more time with the unit, so I have a little bit more experience with it. Okay. Um, Generally, the form and fit of the unit itself is solid. Like it's, it's got, it's all premium materials. Uh, there's no wiggle in it. There's no sort of like creakiness to it, you know, mm-hmm. like some headsets do. I um, mean, it's very solid. Once it clamps onto your head, it's there. Like it's not going anywhere, but it's also not uncomfortable. Okay. Because the cups are very well cushioned. One of the gripes I did have, have with the fitment issues was that I have a giant head. Um, and so like, even though I pulled the, the adjustable, uh, whatever these are on mm-hmm. the side, even though I pulled them all the way down, like I would need to cut my hair, you know, just to get that little oh, bit wow. of extra, like, cause the cushioning is, um, like I said, I mean, there's a lot of it there, mm-hmm. especially on the top. Sure. So there's in the, t- on the headband, there's a lot of cushioning. If I could remove that, I mean, that would be perfect. Oh, okay. like, it would fit much better, but I think it has something to do with cushioning also because I have a big head. So if you have a big head, <laughs> this unit might be a problem for you in terms of fitment. Um, I only have a big head metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. A lot of dick jokes today. <laughs> no, Yay! I wasn't even talking about it. Oh, I was okay. just saying ego wise, but okay. Oh. If you want to think about my dick for a while, I feel right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Paul, I'm uncomfortable. Can we sue him? Uh, <laughs> this got to be I'm something kidding, kidding. hostile work environment, right? <laughs> I feel like I've been harassed. Ah, uh, you guys think you're getting paid. What jobs yeah, are going right, on here? <laughs> um, so in terms of like sound quality, um, the, I got a little bit more used to the equalizer settings that are pre-programmed into the unit. So, uh, it does sound really good, um, from a gaming perspective. One of the gripes I did have about the sound quality though was that the mids seemed really washed out. So mm. like if you're familiar with sound in general or music, uh, there's treble and then bass and then there's just like this weird area in the middle where, you know, a lot of like conversation and like, uh, music takes place. And the mids in these headphones kind of get washed out because the bass on all of the equalizer settings is pretty strong and the treble is, you can turn the treble up real high, mm-hmm. uh, if you go to like the highest setting, but it's, like the like the mids get washed out. So like conversation, if you have like cutscenes in games, okay, like that can be problematic sometimes. The and then there's also a problem with uh, the connection, I think, to the unit. So it comes with a a uh, controller adapter that you plug into your Xbox mm-hmm. One controller, and then that loops to a uh, female or a male to female connector in the headphone, and that that makes it like this sort of semi wireless headset. Like it's a weird sort of middle ground. Um, and so the signal is broadcast from the Xbox to the controller and then to the unit through multiple gaming sessions, all from like 30 minutes to like two hours long. I was getting like sound cutting out on me, like 
maybe one or two seconds worth of time. And it was so bad that it took me out of the game. I had to like stop everything, change the battery in my controller and make sure mm. that everything, my Xbox was connected correctly. And I mean, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been anything else, but the unit itself. So yep. I mean, that was a big problem. Um, especially when like you're playing a game and you're so into it and then like the sound cuts out and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And you like, you know, you, you could miss details. Yeah. You like struggle it pulls to you out of the game. Out. Yeah. It's, you struggle to figure out yeah. what's wrong with it. And you find out that it's something that you can't really control. I don't know. Mm. I've read a couple other reviews after I wrote mine mm-hmm. that said that they experienced the same thing. Okay. I don't know if this is a problem with our specific units or if it's a problem with the model itself. We're Did we sure. specify it's the Halo edition as well? Yeah, it's the Halo uh, 5 Definitive Edition. Yeah, Halo 5 Definitive Edition. Yeah. So it might have been that. I'm not sure. But, um, I mean, overall, the sound quality is really great. Um, the biggest problem for me is the price. It's hard to justify the price with everything that is both good and bad with the unit. Right. If it had been half the current price, which I think currently is like 200 bucks. Oh, it's like, gosh. it's like 200, $220 for yeah. one of these. Yeah. yeah. If it was half the price, it might be worth it. Mm-hmm. But because of the high price point, it's hard to justify all the flaws with the system. So, I mean, if you're in the market for a gaming headset and you really want one that's like Halo branded, this is the one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got everything. Like if you've got, if you, especially if you want to match the Halo 5 Xbox, it sure looks good. <laughs> it matches exactly like with the blue, the, the sort of metallic blue tones and everything. Mm-hmm. It matches perfectly. But just be forewarned. I mean, you might run into a couple of issues. I mean, if the fitment issues and, you know, if you're not bothered by sound cutting out for like a second at a time, then I mean, this is perfect. Go for it. But otherwise, you know, you might have a hard time justifying the price. But I mean, it's out there. Uh, definitely check out Astro Gaming because they have a lot of other units as well. And, you know, those might be actually better. So yeah. give it a shot. All right. Matt West. Brief review, saw the movie Krampus. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, um, I wasn't originally going to go see it, but um, we have sort of, when you're married, you got to make the uh, the adjustment <laughs> and let her pick a movie every now and again, because yeah. every movie we pretty much watch. And she the picked theater. that movie? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, every I'm always picking superhero <laughs> right? movies. It wasn't like, well, let's she, go but, see Sisters. No. Like, let's see Krampus. No, she likes horror movies. And that's why I'm but, marrying you. But our, our, big, our big problem is most of the horror movies she picks to go see are good for about three quarters of the way through. And then they fall apart at the end, like most and most horror movies. Yeah, um, Krampus is actually way more of a comedy horror. Um, it it was just it was a lot of fun. It, I you know I'm not gonna get too far into it. Basically, the 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 idea is that in um in some of the folk tales on the other side of Saint Nicholas, there was an evil uh, spirit who mm. would also and he was called the Krampus. Um, in this case, the Krampus is very close to a very folky looking Santa Claus, except that he's got these huge horns. Uh, it ended up being a, a lot of fun. They, uh, they have some elements of Krampus, uh, that he sort of are, are sort of, I guess his, his avatars or, you know, the, the people who come before him, uh, that are really kind of fun and make, make it for an entertaining movie. And there was definitely, uh, a creative ending to the movie. So, um, while I don't want to go too far into it, it's, it's a fun little holiday movie. Uh, definitely has laughs, uh, definitely some horror elements. Um, go into it with an open mind. Don't expect to see an Oscar winning movie because it's not <laughs> going to. But as far as just, you know, if I were to rate it, it would be probably like two and a half to three stars, but it was just fun. I didn't leave regret like, wow, that was another horror movie that you picked that was just great halfway through. And then by the time it was done, it was ridiculous. I should go to sleep. But that one was a lot of fun. It was, uh, we saw a later film of it and like, 
I never want it. I was in it from the beginning to the end. I didn't, there were no parts that seemed to be boring or basically it's built around a little kid and his grandmother's relationship. Okay. There are full families that come in. They actually have, uh, the guy who plays his uncle, who's very similar to, um, the uncle in, uh, Christmas vacation. Um, uh, what's, uh, oh. the one who went crazy, batshit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Quaid. Uh, yeah. De- Dennis, uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Um, <laughs> but in his role is, um, you know the guy who's uh he's in all the Judd Apatow movies. He's bald, and in Anchorman, he's the one who always says "whammo," Him. "whammy." Yes, David Ketchner or Kretchen oh, David Ketchner. Ke- yeah, Kechner. he he, play, he plays that sort of that same character in that movie, but in his own take of it. Okay, and he's he's fantastic. He's he's always pretty funny. So you know, fun cast and fun movie. So worth it. The other thing I wanted to do a quick review on is uh blueapron.com. Oh yeah. Um, I know Stern has them as a sponsor yep. at times. I actually got into it because um you guys know Rich Bass, the referee. Yeah, we do. He he yep. and his uh his um girlfriend, they had been getting it for a while and he said, "Hey, you know, you should try it out." So he sent me a uh, a free code. So I got a, a week free, which is like a $70 value. Like wow. yeah, so uh we talked about it and originally um we were going to do like my wife and I were just going to do it where it's so many times a week. They, you know, you get so many meals delivered in one shot that you're going to prepare. But because we own a duplex and we live next door to my mother-in-law, um, we, we instead went for a family plan okay. and we just include her and kind of we'll cook and Hey, come on over for dinner. Cool. But it's really cool. They, uh, they take, I, it's almost like one of those things like we, we jokingly kind of go through the unboxing every week. Like you would see those unboxing videos, but the way they package their stuff, it's awesome. They come, it, like, um, normally my delivery day is a Saturday. And what they'll do is they'll send this box that's, you open the box up from Blue Apron and then it's got like a foil bubble pack liner. So it's ref- like, it's, it's gonna, uh, insulate it. You open that up. And then they've got what's called Nordic ice, and it's all these ice packs that are all reusable if you want to use them. We've thrown away more, like, they're recyclable, but you can literally put them in your freezer and continue to use them from every delivery. Cool. But then they break everything up from the, all the produce is, um, is organic, non, uh, non-pesticide, non-GMO, and then all the meat is non-steroids, non, it's all like really clean, like the kind of things you'd pay big money at Whole Foods for. But they come up with these recipes, all the recipes, the prep time, with the um with the cook time never equals more than an hour. Okay. So you're prepped to cook it. Most of it's more like forty minutes, but you're doing like you're cooking with really cool fresh ingredients, stuff you might never try, things you probably wouldn't think about trying. Okay. And it's really like the food's been awesome. Like everything we've cooked has been the has been fantastic. For the price plan we're on, it's like uh, we get two meals, uh, which serve like four people, so it's like a family meal, and it's seventy a, seventy a week, which definitely it sounds expensive, mm-hmm. but the piece to it that really helps is when you work jobs that are full time. And if you're not going to go shopping on a Saturday or something like that, you know, you get out of work at six o'clock. If you stop at the market, you pick the things up you want to get by the time you're home at seven, seven thirty. If you have an hour to prep and everything, you're not eating to a quarter of nine, nine o'clock at night, sure, which is sure. awful. Um, and that's, that's been one of the downfalls of like my last couple of years is that we eat at really bad times. Uh, but we started doing that and it's just, I mean, it's so quick and easy. The foods are really, and we've made some like really like stuff that I would never think to cook things that I wouldn't like. I'm not a big fan of, um, like Thai curries, but it was one of those things that I, it was one of the things to prep that I made it and it was phenomenal. It came out and I was eating it. And I was like, wow, I made, first of all, I cooked it, something I wouldn't have even thought of. Mm-hmm. And it came out like this gourmet meal, but it's like they do all kinds of weird, like catfish and, and like, but really awesome foods that come out great. So now, I, do you get to choose what you want, or do they send you kind of week by yeah, week what, what what's they do on is, the menu? Yeah, if you go on the um, you can. What they do is uh, because I'm getting two a week, 
I can go on to the um, to the, the website each week and see what my planned deliveries are, mm-hmm. and then you can go in and there's not a ton of choice, but you can choose like two of four. Okay, so they'll give you some, and usually like three of the four look good, and sometimes four of the four, and then you sort of have to ha- hash out what you want to go with. But sure, we've done. I mean, they do a lot of kale, a lot of sweet uh, sweet potato, a lot of really fresh. The 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 meats and the proteins are awesome. Mm. We had salmon one night, and I mean, it was like they said us to cook like sushi grade salmon. Like you could have cut it. And like going right and eating it right then. It was wow. that good. It was so it's like the food quality is phenomenal. It's really convenient. Literally, we've had one, we had one week where, uh, due to Christmas traffic in, in, in FedEx, our delivery didn't arrive. They refunded our money. We got it like the next day anyway. So all the stuff was still fine. Wow. We checked all the, they just refunded. They said, don't worry about it. You know, they said it should be safe to, you know, you should be able to use it, but we don't, we're not going to recommend it anyway. But we went through and checked everything and like the meat quality was still fine and everything. And it was so they, but they gave us the money back for that week and, you know, kept the produce or whatever. So like keep coming to daylight. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it was, it's been, it's been a great, you know, we, and we look forward to it. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Tonight's going to be one of those nights. We're going to, it's a blue apron night. It's totally like that. We, you know, we're making stuff that we never would have yeah. made before, and it's like yeah. gourmet food that we're cooking like from scratch. Very so, cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and um, yeah. So the smartest thing that Blue Apron has done is they taking the thinking out of everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so easy. Like, you yeah. think about the it's cooking time. Legos. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. Right? it really is. Yeah, like, yeah, right down to the diagrams on how to cook it. Yeah, very. You think about the time that you waste in a supermarket, like looking at the things that you want to eat for the week, or trying to figure out what your meal plan is going to be, unless you have like a set meal plan, like you Volpe, like you have ones that you do that you can set up and cook in advance. But if you're like, you know, not a competing bodybuilder, if you're not like in. <laughs> fitness and you're like sure. me just a fat schlub that goes to the supermarket and eats whatever the fuck he wants like i i look i stand in front of the meat section for like 20 minutes and i'm like i like pan left pan right and i'm like chicken pork beef fish chicken pork beef, and i just <laughs> keep doing meeny, 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 yeah and i'm doing meeny, that for like 20 minutes and then blue apron takes that 20 minutes away and just yeah. says here cook this and they give you the comprehensive recipe so it's like you don't have to think about how i want to prepare this or what i want to put in mm-hmm. it it's like here's the stuff just put it in a frying pan, cook it up, and eat it. You know, it's like it's done so quickly. Like, yeah. And like a week ago, we we had uh, one of them was like chicken noodle soup, which, you know, it's easy, but it was like a 35-minute chicken noodle soup from scratch. My wife's like, I take like two and a half hours when I make mm-hmm. mine from scratch to get that flavor. How are you going to get all that flavor? And this soup was like, it was straight up. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So now she's she's like literally when I get home tonight, that's what she's making tonight. Cool. Using that same recipe, but, you know, instead of having to take two and a half hours to prep everything – She's gonna be able to, in thirty minutes have this yeah. this awesome soup done. So it's it's cool that you're able to do that sort of thing. And you learn techniques as you're doing it. Like I'd never made like a bechamel sauce, or I've never mm-hmm. had to cook with a roux, anything with any kind of seriousness. But I know how to do it now. Mm-hmm. So you know you're learning techniques. Of, That's of, the part that interests me is yeah. the learning aspect. Yeah, it's really yeah. Cool. cool. Oh, this just reminded me of something. Oh boy, um, you follow Chef Steps, right? I do. Okay, so currently they're selling. Are you talking about the Jewel? Yeah, I bought that one. Is, you did? Yeah, I pre-ordered. Oh. So with the pre-order, you also get uh, the Chef Steps Premium. Uh huh. So you get to see, like, you get access to their library to see, you know, how to use all the techniques. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Like I've been going through that library. If I can send you a link to use it, I'll send it. I am um, so on the fence about buying the Jewel because it seems it. like one what of those things this? that I don't know about. Okay, so oh, the God. Jewel is a sous vide. I'm machine. like, I can't afford it, but I want it so bad. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it just looks like a stick, mm-hmm. like a. But what it does is it, it's a precision water heater 
So you put it in a pot of water and it will heat water to a precise temperature mm-hmm. and you can cook food in that water using like plastic bags or like the sous vide bags, which are like vacuum sealed bags. Okay. And those, like it will heat the food to a constant temperature. So if you want medium rare, it's like a certain internal temperature. If you want well done, it's a certain internal mm-hmm. temperature. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of it because oh. you just have to leave it in the water for a set period of time. And then once that's done, it's cooked. And then after the the food is cooked, you can alter it somehow using a frying pan to like sear it or whatever. It seems like a new way of slow cooking. Yeah. But it's faster. It's faster. You need less equipment. Right. Like you literally, you can put all your meal ingredients in this one bag. Like you put your meat in there. You Mm -hmm. put some potatoes, some vegetables. You put them all in this bag. You immerse it in the water. So obviously you don't want the water getting in there. Mm -hmm. And then this jewel, uh, this kind of stick goes in there and heats heats the the water to a certain point. And it's a consistent, like if you did this supposedly five times in a row, it's going to come out the same every single time. There's no variables to deal really? with. Really? Like one of the things, like one of the things I didn't think about that my wife actually brought up is that it might actually be healthier because you yes. don't have to use oil. Yep. Like a lot, you know, like you use oil to like make sure that the meat doesn't stick to the mm-hmm. pan or whatever, right? With this, it's in a plastic bag. It's nonstick. It's it's not. You dump it out and it's done. It's not creating a reaction in the meat so that it's going to stick to the right. bag or anything. It's just heating it up to an internal temperature that's safe to eat. So like I so was it's not uh, damaging the the meat either. Yeah, you're not just you're, overcooking it, and yeah, you're not creating that like you know that Maillard effect. Right. Arguably, that Maillard effect is you know where taste comes from, mm-hmm. but you can create that later if you want. Sure. So like like yeah. some people will cook like this and then just sear it on yeah. like. A pan or whatever. Like you make perfect salmon or whatever, you know, like. Yeah. You like, yeah. So yeah, I, I pre-ordered one. So I'm going to oh get Oh my it. God. I kind of want it so bad, but. You probably should. Oh my God. What are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's good, but it's going to take so much guesswork out. I know. I know. It what can make my cooking life so I think it's uh, 200, 200 bucks. Oh. If you pre-order, you get a hundred off. So it's like 200, I think. Or, yeah. It yeah. will be more than that yeah. in the future. It connects mm-hmm. to an app on your smartphone. So you can use your smartphone to control the device. And you can literally say, I have this in the bag and I want it to be like medium rare. Yeah. There's just pictures of how you want it to look, yeah. you know? It's so like idiot proof. Like yeah. I was looking at the video and I was like, wow, this is I have amazing. I have it like bookmarked. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm that close to getting it. Just so do it. Pull the trigger. <laughs> There's another one too, actually. There's a different sous vide machine. It's called the Anova, A-N-O-V-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cheaper. That's a big plus. Uh, it's not the same as Juul. Um, it has a, a face on it that, um, flashes numbers for temperature okay. amount of time, but it can also connect to your smartphone. So, cool. uh, but I think you need a special tub for that one. I'm not sure. Uh, my review is for a movie that I recently saw called American Hero. This was a link provided to me by the company. The movie is currently available, I believe, in limited release. It might still be in theaters. I assume it is. Uh, and also on video on demand. So if you want to get it on demand, you can do that as well. Uh, Melvin, played by Stephen Dorff, is a party animal still living with his mom and sister in post-Katrina, New Orleans. Divorced from his wife and longing to see his son, he spends most of his days hanging out with his best friend, Lucille, who's played by Eddie Griffin. So, yes, Lucille's a guy. Mm-hmm. A fast-talking, wheelchair-bound veteran. The movie opens with Lucille finding Melvin passed out in a parking lot after a long night of booze, drugs, and women. The final nail in the coffin that could prevent him from seeing his son again if he misses his court appointment. The biggest twist of the movie, it sounds kind of standard as is, Melvin's telekinetic. Um. So it seems to be public knowledge for most of the community that he's living in. 
but he does have telekinetic powers and has had them for a long time. It's never really gone into why he has these. He just has them. It doesn't matter. It's not important to the movie why he's telekinetic, whether he's a mutant or an experiment or anything like that. It really has nothing to do with anything else. The movie ultimately is about uh, someone who has great potential and then squanders it. Mm. So he has this telekinetic ability, which people would love to have. And he just sits around every day feeling sorry for himself and boozing it up. And really, like, the movie is not about the telekinesis and the superpowers where, which that was the hook for me, though. I mean, I saw, right. I saw superpowers and I was like, yes, I'm <laughs> in. Uh, but the, the telekinesis is really kind of just a metaphor for potential, whether that be someone's intelligence, whether it be whatever skills you have that you could develop. Like, everybody has some sort of potential, and a lot of people don't ever do anything with it. And that's basically what the telekinesis represents. Uh, he has a near-death experience in the movie. I'm not going to go into the details of it in case people want to watch it. But it does kind of motivate his redemption. So there is, like, a whole redemption part of the story. Obviously, a lot of things in it have to do with his son that he really wants to see. At one point, he wants to clean up for his son so he can have partial custody or even just be able to visit because that gets taken away from him like right at the beginning of the movie. So um it, it is a very interesting story. It's never too deep. It knows what it is. So it's not going into any like weird, dark, super over analysis or anything like that. It stays kind of light. Eddie Griffin's a great kind of comedy relief character. And he also becomes like the emotional crutch for uh Steven Dorff's character, Melvin. And Dorff does great in this movie. It really rests on his ability to play this part because he is not only the lead, but definitely the standout character and kind of the backbone of the whole thing. The only kind of gripe I had with the movie is there are some slow parts here and there, but the uh I assume it was the director chose to do like a mockumentary kind of documentary type feel. So, like, in the introduction of the movie, we're following Lucille as he leads us to where Melvin's passed out in a parking lot. And as he's talking to the camera, and as you walk by a store window, you can see the camera crew, like, interviewing him. So there's, like, a documentary happening. And throughout the movie, there'll be parts where, almost like a reality TV show, you pull the people aside and there's, like, a little interview with them. But that documentary aspect kind of, like, comes and goes Throughout the movie, like I never know when I'm watching the documentary parts or if I'm watching just the happenings of like there are certain parts where like, why would there be a camera crew here or how could they even be here? And wait, why are they allowing a documentary to be filmed of them when Melvin doesn't want to go to the hospital because of his telekinetic ability? Yet this would be like a like he, he doesn't seem to mind that the community knows, but if it got out larger, he might have an issue with it. And that's why he kind of avoids hospitals and stuff. But he's allowing a documentary be shot yeah. of him. It's kind of a weird logic jump to include mm-hmm. that. I wish the documentary aspect was not a part of it. It would have been a stronger movie if they hadn't. But otherwise, I think it's still worth a watch. It's a it's it's a nice little tale of like a fall and a rise. Your your basic kind of story roller coaster thing. For the longest time, Steven Dorf to me was the blood god from Blade. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like he did not change. And then I saw this movie where like he was like a cop that was locked in a trunk of a car. Yeah. And he was in the trunk the whole movie. I forgot the name of the movie, but then like I, that changed my perception of him. So like, you know, maybe it's just venturing out there and finding the movies that he's in because otherwise he's just the blood god. Yeah. I know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But he's really great in this. So, uh, highly recommend that for people that even just want to see more Steven Dorf non-blade version 
Um, so we're going to start wrapping up the show. But before we do, this is our last show of 2015. So uh, I am going to end it with a little bit of an announcement or just kind of uh, something with the, the show moving forward. So um, for the last five years or so, we've been doing the show and I have basically sacrificed having a normal life to do so, because as you guys know, I spend an inordinate amount of time prepping for the show, editing the show, recording the show. It is what the rest of my world revolves around pretty much. And unfortunately, at this point, I feel like I have little to show for it uh, because we've been doing this. I actually get really stressed out. We've we've had a couple times here and there uh, in the past couple months where we've missed a couple shows in a row, like two weeks in a row. And I get super stressed out when we miss a week and I get usually stressed out all week when we're just trying to book people to come in here to record for you guys. Um, so I really wanted to kind of reduce that stress moving forward because it's starting to affect how much I enjoy doing the show. And I don't want that to be a part of it. So my first instinct, there was a couple of days when I was like, we need to just take a hiatus and I need to like regroup and figure out why I'm doing this and everything. Uh, cause I still enjoy the show itself. It's a lot of stuff around the show that kind of gets in the way of things, but I, I know me and I, I'm not a hiatus type person. Um, but uh, so I, I do want to make a few changes moving forward. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy with editing the show anymore. I mean, one of the reasons that we do the hour length and we try to keep it at that is because I meticulously edit the show. I edit out little sounds. I edit out ums and ahs and I edit out little stumbles here and there. And I'm very meticulous about it. So you guys have a very clean finished product at the end. I'm not going to go crazy with editing it like I have before. And that will also allow us to do longer shows. I mean, looking at the time recording right now, we're at a minute 40, uh, sorry, a minute. We're at an hour and 42 minutes right now, which we haven't done in years, mm -hmm. I don't think. So, uh, this is going to be able to have you, you guys are going to have more content maybe from us. Um, but at the same time, I'm also not going to go crazy about making that Monday release date every week. Cause sometimes if I miss that Monday, not only do I stress incredibly if we miss it, but if we don't make it, I'm like, well, I give up for the rest of the week. Why even bother putting one out at this point? Because we'll just wait until next week. But this way, maybe you'll get something in the middle of a week when ultimately you wouldn't have gotten anything. But if we do miss a week, I'm not going to go crazy about it anymore because I can't. So some weeks there will simply be no show. And, uh, if that bothers you out there, I'm sorry. But, uh, part of it is, on the listeners end that this is happening because unfortunately uh I, I thought about it if every one of our listeners were to let's say our show was a pay per show if it cost a dollar per show and all of our listeners paid that dollar per episode that they downloaded to and listened to i would be very close to having this be a full-time job for me if that were the case which doesn't sound crazy at all i mean if you pay more for that for a song online yeah. So if if everyone was well, I know they're not willing to because people want free content. That's the way podcasts have been set up. That's the way life is. That's going. the way life is. People just want stuff for free, mm -hmm. which is fine. But it also means I'm not capable of doing it as much because I have to go get a job where I can live <laughs> and eat and have a roof over my head. So unfortunately, because uh, we have such low listener support, I do have to focus on the things that are paying money. And outside from just the job, as far as the things that I create, the thing that makes the most money for me is Twitch. Twitch streaming, really? Twitch streaming makes more probably within a week 
than the show does in a year. That's crazy. So that's the direction you got to go in. Yeah. And I have to go with what's making money. Mm -hmm. So instead of there are times where I will edit the show for three or four hours when I could be streaming and possibly making money. And that's when I'm streaming. So I'm going to have to back away from uh, some of the things and put less priority on the podcast. I don't know what that means for random movie club. I, uh, that was another one too, where the, the Star Wars month kind of blew up in my face, where unfortunately we had certain things laid out and people backed out on me, not allowing me to get shows to you guys in time. And I tried my best to struggle, uh, to hustle and make the deadlines happen or at least get them out. I'm still hoping to somehow get a Return of the Jedi episode out by the end of the month. That is my goal. Uh, and then I have one more episode already recorded for that. So after that, I'm not sure with Random Movie Club, but again, if you guys want these things out there and you want them to keep happening on a consistent basis, I cannot do it without your support. It's insanely important that we have audience, not only financial support, but interaction. I remember when the listener mailbag used to be a regular segment yeah, and we would have several emails to go through like every to every other show. And we get one maybe every couple months now. So... It's it's it feels like we're screaming into a vacuum a little bit. I mean, someone was nice enough to post on our Facebook page today and wish, wish us a happy holidays and they enjoy the show and everything. And I wish that stuff happened more. But if you guys want the show to be more regular and you want us to really put effort, not effort. I mean, we put effort into it anyway. If you really want to make it a focus of ours, we need some sort of support from you, whether that's using the Amazon link. Uh, you can go to Patreon. So if you go to geekgeneration.com slash support, you can uh, become a patron there. And if you were to uh, subscribe there for $5 a month, that would be enough. If everybody, again, if all of our listeners did that and did the Patreon for $5 a month, I could do this almost full time, which would be amazing. That has always been my goal of doing this from the beginning is I just want to make things for people out there to consume. That is my goal. But like I said, can't happen without your support. So please, uh, if you want these things to stay around, Help us out as much as you can. I mean, you can even make it a New Year's resolution. I you mean, could. You could. Like you, like you said, if you donate a dollar for every episode or, you know, a dollar a month. I mean, even that makes a difference. Yeah, it um, does. So, yeah. And I mean, with the Amazon stuff, I mean, it's effortless. You just click on the link and you shop as you normally would. And and magic money appears. Magic money appears. Yeah. I know you're doing nothing else except for clicking one more site before you go to yeah. Amazon. That's it. That's it. So, uh, again, anything you guys do, we appreciate it. We do appreciate everyone that does listen. Uh, that is immensely important to me. If you guys weren't listening, we wouldn't be doing this at all. So we do thank you for taking the time to listen when there are so many options out there for what you could be listening to. And we want to wish you guys all a happy holiday as we're uh, ending the year. We just celebrated whatever we celebrated. And uh, New Year's is right in front of us. So we'll be celebrating that as well. And uh, 2016, not too far away. Mm-hmm. And lots more stuff coming your way. So final thoughts or something you would like to plug, Mike Volpe? Uh, you can follow me on, on Instagram. It's at Mike from the gym. Or you can do the Westerly Fitness page, which is at Westerly Fitness. Or if you want to follow the supplements, that's also at SBV Supplements. Nailed it. Yeah. Paulo. Um, I got nothing to plug. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, you know, all that stuff. So just have a good time. Matt West. Have a safe and prosperous holiday and new year. Wow, that was very, uh, (laughs) so proper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Have a fucking good one, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
There we go. That's how we end the show. Uh, to see everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, uh, please rate the show and write a review. We really appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at Geek Generation on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back very soon with more geeky stuff for you. We'll see you then. Later. See ya. Make it so.